Alright carousel creators, in this episode I'm sharing the audio from the Carousel Design Masterclass, which is available in the portal. Um, it's about an hour's masterclass, and of course you can watch. If you want to watch the masterclass, you'll actually see me, you know, moving the things around on the screen. But I share a lot of, you know, design principles that I think you can listen into on the audio and just kind of recap on and just help embed by, you know, going over some of this material and listening to it in the podcast as well. So I thought I'd share the audio from that masterclass here in the podcast as well to give you a bit of a uh, recap but do head over to the portal if you want to see it with the actual screen shares and see me actually moving the stuff around on the page enjoy today we're talking carousel design you all know that i'm a huge fan of carousels so you know this is this has got to be one of those sessions that i get super excited about um and i'm going to be walking you through um how to design a carousel i'm literally going to be making the carousel in front of you for the first time um as we go through here all right so it's going to be fun because even i don't know exactly what it's going to look like um but i have everything ready here and we'll build it together and i'm just going to share with you um some principles of design and carousel creation but we're going to be doing it all in canva for those of you that haven't discovered it already we already have carousel templates in canva uh, in our portal for you that are already built in canva um so this is our carousel templates here and you can literally dive in and there's all of these templates right here for you to be making your own carousels with so anything you see me doing here don't think about oh i need to make that from scratch it's literally all in our templates and it's a one click canva template for you that you can find in our portal in the content vault so head on over to the content vault and you'll find all of this good stuff in there and that's just going to get you up and running super fast and super easy with your carousels um, already and as we go along just ask me any questions as we go um, and i'll get them answered as we go as well design as you can imagine is very much a you know subjective process my design experience comes from working on a design team um, for about five years um, in when i was before social boom when i was like employed full-time in financial services i used to work in marketing and in uh, in design teams over there um, doing big campaigns out for the marketing team so my design experience comes from there everyone's style of design is different of course what i'm not suggesting when i show you this stuff here is you know this is exactly how you should design it but i'm going to share some key principles for design that are just going to help you know drive that engagement um, and drive the interaction with everything that you do um, in your everyday so first and foremost uh cover now cover is, is of course you know absolutely crucial to your carousel you know people are gonna get involved with your carousel because your cover is interesting and good okay so your cover needs to have a really killer headline and you want to be working on your headlines and making sure that your headline you know is going to entice people in like ask that question what would make someone swipe across to read more with my cover okay so is your headline really strong now if you are wanting a bit of help with um, headlines then there's something that's called the co-schedule headline analyzer which is not the most catchy of titles um so i'm going to put it in the chat here um but with the co-schedule headline analyzer you can put your headline into this thing 
and it will actually analyze the text within your headline and you can keep running that text through the headline and it'll give you a score okay so you could say like seven ways to increase your email uh, opening rates okay and then you can just run that and you can you don't have to put in don't worry you don't have to like sign up for anything or do anything you can just put it into the headline analyzer and it will give you a score and it will break down the headline for you and actually tell you how well that headline scores overall and it's just a, quite a nice way to understand how that works so it'll give you points and score it'll break down the words it'll show people how people things are read and it will just help you make better headlines. So the first thing that you want is a good headline. Another reason why you want a good headline is because the headline is the promise. And whatever you make in your carousel then is determined by the headline. How many of you have made a carousel where you start making it and then you kind of like start veering off and then you start talking about something else and then you're like, wait a minute, this wasn't what I intended before. And then you kind of, the, the storyline and everything gets distracted and you're like, uh, this has gone a completely different direction than I expected it to go. And that all just increases your production time, right? And we want it, we need to, we want to make sure that the production time for your carousels is nice and fast. So having a clear headline will just keep you honest as you're building your carousel because you can look back on that headline and say, you know, am I indeed delivering on that headline? Right. And what I do to help that is I write the whole carousel out ahead of time. So this is the carousel that we're going to I'm going to be making now. And you can see I'm using the notion template here. Again, you'll find that in the portal. And I've made I've written out each one of the slides ahead of time. And again, that just cuts down the production time further. So what you'll find is if you start trying to write your carousel as you're designing the carousel, it's probably going to take you a lot longer because you'll write something and you'll put in a nice picture and then you'll change the writing and you'll be like, oh, the picture doesn't really match anymore. <laughs> so now you've got to find another picture. And then you, you've got all these different assets moving simultaneously. So really try and, you know, plan that carousel up front. It doesn't have to be, you know, word for word, but the more time you put into it, the faster this thing is going to go okay so just quick bullets break them down slide by slide and then you can literally just be adding them into your canva template and it's just gonna make the whole thing that much easier for you so our title is going to be right the excuse me the 10k real template okay and you can see how the you know, the title of that should be really enticing, should be really, really enticing to you. If it doesn't, if you read it and think, oh, well, I'm not, you know, that doesn't sound very interesting. The best approach that you can do is try and reduce the number of words. A general rule of thumb for good copywriting is the fewer the words, the better. Right. So whenever you have an opportunity to cut out words, cut out words. If you can say something in fewer words, it usually means you're communicating it more clearly. So really challenge everything that you do to try and reduce the number of words. And then what you want to do is you want to break out those words into separate lines. And we'll look at that. We'll look at that in a moment as to how that works. But you want to be mindful of how the words are actually presented as well. So the word the here is not particularly important, is it? <laughs> so I don't need the word the as big as I need the word 10K. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to shrink the word the right down. 
and then I'm going to make the work the 10k way bigger, right? Because that's that's what's going to catch your attention. You're going to look at that and go, "Whoa, that sounds cool." What's Dan talking about today, right? All you're trying to do here is pique people's interest and get them to continue on a little bit more. So I'm just going to literally take that and bring out the 10k and make that a lot larger like that. So anything that's you know superfluous, demote it in size and in position on your design. And anything that's a lot more interesting, increase it. The 10K is the bit that's gonna get people's attention. The template is interesting, but not as interesting and eye-catching as the 10K. So the word template is gonna be smaller than the word 10K. Hopefully that makes sense. Stop me if any of if what I'm saying doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna add that in. And one thing that you should also be using is guides, okay? So when you're making a carousel, you want to make sure that the wording is inside of the square that appears on your profile. Right, so the little square preview on your profile, you see here, the carousel is actually taller than the square. But in the profile, in the preview, you're only going to see the square in the middle. So you want to make sure your text stays inside the square in the middle so that when it shows on your feed, it's not cut off. So the easiest way to do that is to literally draw a square on your Canva template right here. Literally just draw a true square on your Canva template. Put that in the middle of your Canva template like that. And then you can add your guidelines into the square. Anything outside of this gray area is no-go space. Try not to put words in there. Put pictures in there, it's absolutely fine, but not words because they'll get cut off in the preview on your feed. So it's the easiest way is to just draw a square and then you can add the guides. But again, the guides are in the template as well if you're, if you're using the template. So I'm gonna make sure my title and my words are inside that line there. Now I'm the type to put a massive picture of myself on the front of a slide. You might not necessarily do that, of course. It's entirely up to you how you want to design your slides. But you know, having some kind of graphic or asset to accompany your carousels you know, is, is going to just give it that much more eye, uh, eye focus, right? So you might it might be a picture of you. You might be you know standing to one side or standing to the other side or being underneath. If it's you, depending on you know what shape you're currently positioned in at that particular time, or you might choose to add in, for example, an icon. Now I'm using um, Canva Pro here, but of course you can use Canva Free. Canva Pro has a lot more images and icons and assets to them. Canva Free, like all the good ones, are tend to be locked away and showing as pro. Um, so it is worth considering Canva Pro for the library, you know, for the much more, much bigger library. Um, so you might want to consider Canva Pro. And then just pick something that's relevant to the outcome that you're presenting, right? So 10K is like a bit of a mind blown moment, right? So I might pick an emoji, which is like a mind blown emoji. 
So if I have a think about the outcome, not just the literal thing that you're talking about, but also what the outcome is and perhaps how that outcome might make you feel. And then you could pick an icon that potentially goes with that as well. So I could stick this, this guy over here, for example. Now I'm a big fan of simpler when it comes to carousels. So even though I'm capable of doing, you know, very fancy continuous designs and all of that stuff, flowing images and morphed images and stuff, my personal carousel style has always been uh, cleaner and more straightforward. It significantly increases, uh, decreases the production time for one. Um, and it's just, I think it's just a bit more fun to do. So don't feel like you need to like over design your carousels or like you need to put in loads of fancy imagery or fancy text or whatever. Just add in what is needed and keep it simpler. The simpler, the better. You want, to be, you want it to be scannable for the people that are reading it. So think, oh, how can I keep this really super scannable? If, you, if the design gets too complex, then what can happen is it can like undermine the actual copy itself, right? So for example, if you have a lot of you know, imagery in there and it's overlapping with the text or distracting from the text, et cetera, ask the question, you know, whilst this might look good, is it making it easier or harder to digest the information? And if you think actually, I'm making it harder to digest something that should be relatively simple, then reduce the amount of design work in there and focus on ease of digestion rather than complexity in design. So the first slide in your carousel is your cover. Then the next slide is like a quick overview of what you wanna be talking about. And here in your quick overview, I often like to kind of point out like a pain point, okay? Or, I will, or, or a really strong outcome. Just gonna give them a, you know, one second overview of exactly what it is that they're gonna get, okay? So you might say, hey, you know, getting 10K views on Reels is impossible, right? Yeah? And then I can say, well, actually, no, it isn't if you follow this template. So I've kind of like heightened the pain point and then gone, oh, don't worry, here's the answer. Right, so if you can kind of create that pain point or create that relation in the first uh, slide before you start going into tutorial, it just helps to give some context as to what they're gonna get and the promise that you're making, okay? So you get your big headline right there, flip in, go, struggling to get 10K views on Reels? question mark I can then identify with that and go yes that's me you say okay well don't worry about it because I'm about to solve that for you right don't worry with these templates you'll get there in no time and maybe have fun too there you go Simple, when I do copywriting, I like to uh, write like I speak, okay? Making it, make it really conversational. So literally, one, a good, really good practice for copywriting is to read out what you've just written out loud and ask yourself, does that sound normal? 
So sometimes you might be writing quite formally and then you read it back and you're like, does that sound like something I would say? Right, and getting your tone of voice is always a really nice way to just deepen the brand and deepen the authenticity. So I would be very likely be say like, oh, getting 10,000 views and reels is absolutely impossible. I wouldn't just say 10K, getting 10K views is hard, right? And I'd say, and I would say something like, and maybe have some fun too, or I'd say with these awesome templates, or I'd kind of add in, you know, the kind of terms and words that I use in my everyday that just increases that relationship between you and the reader. And it gives that reader the sense that they're talking to you as an individual. And it gives you that additional, you know, brand and sentiment. So, you know, read it out out loud and ask yourself, is that how I would say that if I was talking to someone in real life? So you'll find when you read it out, it feels different. Even though you, you might have read it like five times, when you actually read it out loud, it will feel different. So read it out out loud. And then what I want you to do is be super, super mindful of your line breaks. Okay. So line breaks are a really important part of copywriting. Where you cut a line off and then start on a new line lends itself both to readability, but also to priority in what people are reading. So for example, if you finish a line, you say, the best way to get a lot of reels is by, uh, and then I have to kind of come back and start again. It's difficult for me to end that line and skip that line because you finished that line midway through a preposition or midway through an action, right? So you wanna be really mindful of your line breaks and where the line breaks go so that each line break is almost individually readable by itself. Like you could read one line and take something away from it, right? So I'm gonna put, the, here's how, here's, let me show you how. So, but, but don't worry, right? First line, okay, don't worry, tell me more. With these templates, cool, now we're going on to something. You'll get there, oh good, I'll get there. In no time, exclamation mark, right? And maybe, oh, oh, and maybe, have fun too. Oh, great. Can you see how by splitting the lines up, I've made the whole thing much more digestible and each line is leading onto the next line. Each line is progressing onto the next line. Whereas if I just put this purely in by size, right? If I just kind of fitted this in with what, however it fits, but don't write, it would read, but don't worry with, with, oh, these templates, you'll, what, what will I do? Get there in no time. Do you see what I mean? It's harder to scan. And it's harder to digest. And it actually feels less actionable as you're reading it. So you can have more words, but you need to be really thoughtful about how you break out your words into line breaks and add in decent line breaks. So it doesn't have to all be justified, doesn't have to all be the same size, etc. You just need to add in those line breaks to make it flow. And again, reading it out out loud uh, is always a great way to get a sense of that. All right, but don't worry, 
comma, with these templates, great, you'll get there. Nice, in no time. Brilliant, love it. I'm just gonna say kudos to Joe for the Metallica t-shirt as well. <laughs> I've listened to Metallica literally just before I started this carousel. So there you go. Um, so nice, clean line breaks, fewer words. If you find your words are running on, try and, you know, don't just go, oh, well, Dan, I've got too many words. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make the text really small. Okay. Try and think, well, how do I cut down the words rather than reducing the text size? Now, there's no exact measure when, when you talk about well, how big should my heading be compared to my you know subtitle be compared to my paragraphs be there's no hard and fast rule and quite frankly i've never ever concerned myself and this is you know both when i was doing professional work and um you know uh, social media work i've never gone like oh you know that's 50.4 and so this one has to be 70.2 or whatever right i'm just eyeballing it I'm just eyeballing it. So don't spend a lot of time on exactly how each one of these headings and subtitles is proportionate to the last. But of course, you know, do be mindful of one, you know, your heading is generally larger than the size of your paragraph. The nice thing about Canva is you can just drag the corners and literally resize the text accordingly. So, you know, just keep keep the Keep sizing the text as you go. Now, if you do want to add something like, you know, pictures of yourself right here, if you do have Canva Pro, you can drag your file, uh, your photo into Canva, and then there's a remove background option, and it will cut that picture out for you. And then you can add in pictures of yourself pointing at stuff and doing stuff if you want to. A couple of pro tips for you to make your photo that much more cutoutable. Uh, number one is wear contrasting clothes to the color of the wall that you're taking the picture against. So imagine if I was, I'm wearing a yellow t-shirt here. If I was stood against a yellow wall, then Canva's going to have trouble cutting me out. So that's number one. A white wall, you know, assuming you're not wearing a white shirt, a white wall is generally a good way to go, a clean wall. Um, what you also want to look for is not to try and like cut yourself off with objects in the background. Okay, so let's say I had a picture frame right here and it was, you know, behind me and it was like just cutting off through my shoulder right here. Canva's going to have a hard time knowing where my shoulder ends and where the picture starts. So just, just moving it away from you, just moving the corner of that picture frame away from you out here is going to give Canva a lot cleaner a result for you. The little change between that, a picture frame cutting you off and a picture frame 20 centimeters away from you is the difference between potentially 10 minutes worth of work tidying up that corner. So just subtle differences in where, how you position your camera um, and where you take your photos. Equally, uh, fingers crossing your body like this also make Canva very upset. <laughs> Right. So if you have a, if I have a hand like this and my hand's sticking out and it's like I've got half like my fingers, half my fingers are cut out and then half of the arm, then Canva's going to get upset about that. Uh, and that's not just Canva, that's anything. Equally, if my hand, fingers are out here and I've got big splayed fingers out here, then Canva will probably also get upset, particularly if if you can see behind me on this hand, 
Imagine Canva trying to detect where my finger ends and where the background begins there. It's going to have a hard time. So you often see me in my pictures. I'm usually, my hands are usually relatively in front of my body when I'm just doing small gestures because that makes the cutouts a lot easier. Or if they're outside of my body, I'm pointing, I don't tend to point with fingers. I point with fists and, you know, single fingers rather than splayed hands because that just makes blending easier. If you're doing a photo of yourself, uh, your face, then a great technique is to point your, to look over your phone like this and point your phone directly at the ceiling and then look over your phone like this when you take the picture. Because then the ceiling is white, white background, easy to cut out. So still, it's still a front on picture, but I'm looking down, white background behind me, which is the ceiling, much easier to cut the picture out. Here you go, a few, a few pro tips for all of you that wanna show up in your, in your carousels right there. So as we work through our carousel, the way in which you design each one of your individual slides for me is predominantly based on the number of points that I have. <laughs> and that says that gives me quadruple chins. So don't, don't hunch over like that. Literally, it should, it should be literally looking over, you know, pivoting from the waist, looking over like that. So you're still square on, you're not looking, you're not like pointing down. You're exactly as square on as you were. Um, just for a free option of background removal, I use Pixlr. Uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Anna. Great call. Yeah. Um, so as I start to make my slides in carousels, what I tend to do is I'll make the design based on what I need from the copies that I've got. So how many of you are like getting to each new design and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I can't think of a new layout. Every time I come up with a new slide, you're like, oh, I've got to think of a new layout. <laughs> I don't know what a new layout should be. Well, don't worry. The easiest way to do it is have your text written already and then base it on that, okay? So I have right here, here's my next slide. Here's the copy for my next slide. The, the title is Killer Subject. And then there's four bullets on the slide that I want to put in. So what options would we have for a slide with four bullets in terms of layout options. Right, a slide with four bullets, layout-wise, would then have the options of, well, I need four boxes. Well, e either I have, you know, text with four bullets in a list, or I have four boxes on my slide. So I'm just going to go and add in four boxes on my slides right here. So I'm literally gonna, gonna go, I'm gonna type in rectangle in my elements. And I'm just gonna drag in a rectangle here. And I know I need four points. So I'm going to literally just add in my title here, killer subject, that's the title. And because I have four points to make, I'm gonna make a grid of four boxes. Straightforward enough. Literally, I'm just gonna make a grid of four boxes right here. And each one of my points is gonna be made in one of these four boxes. This works, of course, because you know those points aren't 
sequential points, right? If you were saying step one, two, three, four, you might have these as a vertical, so you can follow them. But because any of these steps can be taken at any any time, literally, you know, when people say, well, Dan, how do, you, how do you think of the layout for each page? I'm like, well, I just look at how many bullets I have, and then I just use whatever the number is according to that. So if you had three, right, you might have three circles, or you might have three circles like, you know, a Venn diagram shape. Or you might have a triangle with three corners and three words on each corner of the triangle. You're just working with threes. Pick a shape that's got three sides. You got three bullets. Jobs are good. Doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. So I'm literally going to put in my shapes here. I'm just going to paste in my content. Okay, so here's what I've got already. You can see I've already written a lot of this stuff. So I'm literally just pasting this in, right? Super high value. That's my first box, my first bullet. Solve a problem that people really need help with. That one there. That's my first box. I'm going to highlight the, the title in yellow for me. If you generally, I would say work with like two brand colors when you're working with a brand. You can have more, but um, you know, it's it's easier to have kind of two pillar colors for your brand. So I can literally just put this text in here and I'm just gonna change the size and I'm just gonna shove the text in right here. And I'm just gonna change the size of the text accordingly. And you can see I haven't spent a long time thinking about exactly how that's gonna work. I'm just going to plug it in. It's at this point that you make fine tunes to the copy, right? Initially, you're just writing out that copy in a Word doc or a text or in your content editor, wherever you're using it. At this point, I'd make those fine tune bits and say, well, actually, look, I can be, you know, more succinct than that. I need to be a bit more, need to be a bit sort of, uh, you know, faster to the mark on that particular point. So I'm just going to kind of take a few words out here and I'm just going to, reduce this text a little bit just to make it simpler and easier to scan. Okay, and again, I'm gonna just quickly add in some line breaks here just to make this scan that little bit further. So I can take out the that, for example, again, fewer words as possible. I can take out the that and that's still gonna read the same. I had solve a problem that people need help with. It's the same if I just put solve a problem people need help with, right? It's the same. So if I can say it in fewer words, always say it in fewer words. Always, always, always try and say it in few words. That's just gonna put you in good stead for anything that you want going forward. Find that format for that, right? So here's, here's how I'm gonna like format each box. I've worked out how that's gonna be formatted. And then I'm just gonna copy that over to the next box. And then I'm just gonna replace the next box with the text for the next thing. If you want to spruce it up a bit, if you're feeling particularly funky dunky, then why not add in an icon just to kind of add in a little bit of additional flavor, something relevant and related to the thing that you've said. Okay, icons should be used to reinforce, not just as decoration. You want your icon to be relevant to whatever it is that you're talking about. So, you know, a, a thumbs up will work nicely for that. 
super high value, thumbs up. You see, again, I'm not taking time here, right, per se. I'm just kind of dropping these things in, getting the text in, and then, as we all love to do, move on with our lives afterwards. Um, get back to our kids, you know, <laughs> and get these things done. Um, and equally, you know, hopefully this is giving you a sense of when we talk about creating carousels in general, production time is a really important part of carousel design. You know, production time is increased by number one, using templates. Number two, succinctness in what you communicate and clarity. So writing that thing up front ahead of time so you're not trying to work it out on the fly whilst trying to deal with design work at the same time on the fly. That's just gonna help you further. But then number three is your own ability to understand when to stop. So hands up, who has trouble knowing when to stop with design stuff? It's fine, everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. The way you want to look at that is start looking at the time invested. So you can say, well, look, you know, if I put an extra hour into this design, what difference would it make to my audience? Right? How much of a difference is it? Is it going to increase the likes and comments if I keep tweaking this thing around the place? Is it really? Is it going to increase retention? Is it going to help people do more? Or am I doing it because I just feel like I want to do it, which is absolutely fine so long as it doesn't end up kind of consuming you and then you take hours and hours and hours over each one. If you're enjoying the process and you want to keep going, great. But do ask the question and challenge yourself with this question. What difference will that make to my audience? Would they notice that? Something that you notice, vast majority of people won't notice because they won't know to look. They just won't know to look over there. You, you know there's like this tiny little dot over here that's an issue. But no one knows to even notice. And remember, they're literally swiping through, you know, under a second per swipe here. So how much is that going to be actually noticeable to your audience? The best way to continue to get better at design is not to, like, really really scrutinize everything you do now it's to just make the next one you know learn that lesson and then then make the next one they can't always be exactly how you want them to be that's absolutely fine you know just on the next one have a look see what happens maybe if i can make that a little bit faster next time and we just kind of carry the lessons forward rather than getting stuck inside them at that moment in time So you can see, I've literally built that slide right now. Kill a subject, and then I'm just gonna add in those. I shan't make you watch me add in each one of these. Um, for me, I like to, as you know, alternate the backgrounds in each one of my slides. If every one of your slides has the same background and the same look and feel, then that can get a little bit, it can feel like each time you swipe, you're not really going anywhere because it feels the same each time. So just a slight change in background gives people the sense that they're making progress. Whereas if every design has the same background and similar layout, similar text, et cetera, it can feel, it can feel like the carousel itself is you know, making you work, right? 
it's making you kind of push along it because you don't feel a lot of progress. So I like to kind of, in general, like alternate my backgrounds to just mix up my slides. And I only tend to have sort of two backgrounds in general. And I keep all of those backgrounds in my files here in Canva. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll just, you know, copy if I've got my template open, I'm literally just copying them into here. And as you build up your template library, this thing is going to get, you know, faster and faster for you each time. Like I don't continue to make new layouts every single time I create a carousel for the sake of a new layout. You know, I'm reusing old layouts all the time and just mixing them up, mixing them up. I spent a long time using um, PowerPoint for um, a lot of my carousels and PowerPoint has smart art in it for any of you that use PowerPoint. Um, and you can just be using the smart art in PowerPoint um, for some of those uh, factors as well. So you might choose, hey, well, actually I like to design in PowerPoint, PowerPoint smart art, you can put in flows and diagrams. It kind of builds it all for you as well. Canva also has diagrams built in that you can use and that'll just help you build those out too. So as we pick the next one, you can see here for this next one, the next one's irresistible hook, okay? So this one is more of a bullet list. I've got three, six bullets total for this next slide, okay? So that's gonna look different than my last slide, which was, you know, more shapes like that, okay? So for this one, what I would probably do is I would make those into a bit of a bulleted list. And you can make that, you know, jump out a little bit more with some boxes and backgrounds on that as well. So I'd literally say, right, okay, I need six bullets. So let me take some rectangles here. And I'm gonna make these rectangles on my page. It's a bit smaller. And I'm just going to mirror out the rectangles on my page. Now, one thing you can do with shapes uh, in Canva, which is always really helpful, is how many of you spend a lot of time trying to get your boxes like equally spaced out? <laughs> or is it just me? If you're one of those people that is like trying to get all your boxes spaced out, um, then what you can do is go to position here and go to space evenly and then go to vertically. So you take all your, all your objects, highlight all your objects, go to position, and then go space evenly, and that will distribute those exactly evenly in a column. You can also use align elements as well. So let's say, you're, let's say you've got a bunch of shapes here, and you know, they're kind of like all off and skew if, and you're like, well, I want them all to be lined up on one side. You don't have to do that all yourself. You can just use this option here, go to position and then align left, and it will just bump them all to the furthest left option. So you can literally just put one in place and then go left and then there they are. They're all spaced exactly equally and they're all exactly aligned together for you. And it's just little shortcuts like that that are gonna make any kind of diagrams that you make 
Can I ask, uh, you changed the color to match your brand of mm. those boxes. Is that only in pro? Uh, no, that's, that's in free as well. Okay. Um, in pro, you get uh, your brand palette where you can actually choose your brand colors from here. So these three are, my, are in my brand palette. So I kind of have those colors ready and I can just quickly color them. But what Canva also does is it looks at the colors you're, that are currently being used in your document and it adds them to the document colors palette up here. So if you're using a template which contains you know, your brand and your colors, you'll see those colors really quickly in your document colors anyway. And assuming you just keep using a template each time, you don't really need the brand kit. Uh, for me, the brand kit doesn't do, because I'm just a solo brand, it doesn't do a huge amount for me. What Pro does is it unlocks all of the new icons and backgrounds and pictures and so on and so forth. For me, that's where it really shines. Does that answer your question, Annette? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to muck about with it and see if I can do the same thing. Yeah, it should, like I say, it should detect your document colors for you already. So if you just start making some templates, it will put them in a palette for you. Um, alternatively, you can, what I tend to do is, you know, I'll, I'll, you can make one slide with a bunch of shapes on it that are, all have your brand color on. And then you can just copy paste that shape into another slide and it will just, it's already got the color. So literally have, literally have a slide that has, you know, if we, we do an example for you, this, this, this is another solution that a lot of designers use. They just have a, like a quick um, color palette slide, which is just lots of little squares and shapes with their brand colors on. And then when they wanna you know, pull over, oh, I need a yellow square, they just go back to that brand palette and then they just paste that, copy and paste that yellow square somewhere else. Uh, Sumed, could you create your color palette on coolers, export it as an image, upload it as Canva and identify it as a document color? Yes, yes, you absolutely can. Um, and it's a good shout there, Sumed. Uh, for those of you that haven't explored coolers, uh, Canva's got some really great um, tools to create your brand colors for you. Um, coolers also does. So C -L -L -C -O -L -O -R -S. I'll spell that right. Um, again, it's completely free. You can just start the generator and coolers will help you pick some cool colors as well. So you can literally put your colors in or you can pick a color and it will generate other colors in that color spectrum. So if you're like, well, look, Pan, I have one really cool color that I love, but I've got literally no idea what my other brand colors would be. Uh, you can use coolers and coolers will help you create a really cool brand for yourself. You can also go to exploring coolers and that will show you a bunch of existing palettes that people have made. And you know, a lot of them are trending and you're like, oh, I love these. And then you export that as an image and just plonk the image in Canva and then you can pick from those colors in Canva. Awesome. Stop me uh, if you'd like me to, you know, if there's anything you'd like me to go into more detail, just stop me at any time. But hopefully this is giving uh, you lots to consider here. So here's that bulleted list here. 
I said I had six bullets in my content plan. So now I can just add the text into my bullets. I can, again, I'm just going to copy the text from somewhere else. I'm just going to literally paste it in. I'm just going to add the text into these bullets right here. I align it to left and then there it is. That's, that will be my first bullet. And potentially add in again, a little icon to just accent that a little bit, right? I'm just gonna add in my text and then add in an icon. So solve a problem. If you're not quite sure what icon to use, literally just type in a keyword, right? The keyword here is solution. That's cool. Light bulb looks cool. I'm gonna go ahead and add in a nice light bulb icon right there. Solve a problem. There you go. Looks nice. And then I can just add in my bullets as I go for the rest of it. Now, something that's really good idea to do, if you have something which is a checklist like this, right? I often like to have cheat sheets at the end of my carousels. Remember the four key engagement factors for carousels are likes, comments, shares, and saves. Saves are easy to get with templates, checklists, and cheat sheets. So if you put a summary of your carousel at the end in like your, fine, your penultimate slide, and you just have a playback of everything that you've learned, then people are going to save that. But what you should do is add in a call to action to prompt people to save it. And again, with Canva, it's sim simple enough. Just type in the word save, and you'll get an Instagram-sized save icon right here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a call to action at the bottom that literally says, save this. Right? And don't be worried about prompting people for stuff. You're trying to help them. So, you know, and people will forget. People always forget. So, you know, do actively prompt them. If you want them to do something, do actively prompt them throughout your carousel to take that action. So if you've made a really good checklist, you've shown them how to do something, you want them to take an action, you've put in a summary, add in the word, save this. So it's really cool, it's highly valuable. You want someone to take it away, get them to save it. I think saves are really, really great to do it. If you have a quote that you think this is a cool quote, then add in a call to action which says share. All right, share this, save this. All right, here's your share option. Again, in Canva, your little paper airplane. And again, in the templates that we've provided for you, um, these are included. Uh, but you can just add that in and go, yeah, okay. And then just add in a little share call to action. Make sure there is a call to action. There should always be a call to action in your carousel. Now, the call to action, you can have multiple, right? So you might have a cheat sheet, which has a, a save this. And you might have a really good quote, which is a share this. Quotes are very highly shareable. You might have a final slide which asks a question. So if you want to drive more comments in your carousels, ask a cool question at the end of your carousel. 
But when you ask that question, make sure the question is easily answerable and doesn't take a lot of thinking for me to come to that particular answer to the question, you know? If I say, so if I ask you a question like, you know, do you feel happy? <laughs> That's quite a big question. Take some thought. It's kind of hard for me to answer in a comment on Instagram, right? But if I said, what's your favorite thing? That's super easy. I can literally come to the answer to that in a second. That's the kind of question you want to be asking. You want to be asking a question that will instantly have an answer in someone's head. They can literally come to the answer very quickly without a lot of difficult thought. And if you put that at the end of your carousel and then say, leave a comment, you know, ask the question, leave a comment, that's going to drive a lot more engagement with your carousels. So you want to be driving those calls to action through your carousels. And then as you work through your carousels, mix up the backgrounds, mix up the designs and layouts, and work through your process of carousel. The higher the value that you add with your carousel, the more engagement it's going to get. And there's some great things I want to show you. Oops, I want to show you the last thing, which I really love, uh, which are frames. Okay, so frames are used for oftentimes phones. Okay, so often we show screenshots of stuff. Well, in frames with Canva, you can take a screenshot and then place it into, for example, an iPhone frame. And then it's just great for showcasing uh, tutorials in the frames. So here I've got a frame. You can know it's a frame because it's got the cloud here and the green uh, field. That means that that's a, a space to put a picture in, right? And I can just grab that frame there and I can just drag drop a screenshot into that frame from my phone. And then it'll put it inside a lovely iPhone frame for me right there. And it just looks perfect, doesn't it? It's cool. So it's super simple to make a tutorial where it's like, oh, click here, take a screenshot and add a frame. Now, for those of you that don't have Mac-based environments, right? I recommend you use a program called Snapdrop. Snapdrop is amazing. With Snapdrop, you just go to the website on any one of your devices on the same Wi-Fi network, and that device will just appear. Doesn't matter whether it's Android or Mac or iOS or whatever, Windows, whatever, it will just appear, and you can literally click this, and I can send any file to my phone directly on my phone. Here's the file being received on my phone. There it is. And I've just literally thrown a file to my iPhone from my browser over my Wi-Fi network. There's no registration or anything. And it takes a second, literally a second. So all you got to do is, you know, if you're saying, well, look, I'm making a tutorial, just take a screenshot with from your phone and then snap drop it over to your desktop machine. And you've literally, then you can just drag drop it in and you're done. This last point on good carousel design is breaking things down into steps and, you know, using screenshots and highlights and other elements that are going to help you break that down and provide a solution and demonstrating 
the steps in that, right? So if you are walking someone through a step, particularly if it's a step on a phone or a computer or something, showing screenshots every step of the way is a really, really good way to go. You should be making your content absolutely, you know, step zero level stuff, okay? Because you want to make it as highly as accessible as possible. So if I think of my tutorials, right? I plan all my posts using Notion. Here's a picture of Notion, right? Then, then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my ideas into content. Here's how I do it. Here's the process. One, two, three, four. It's literally our process. Then here's what my, here's, I use a content idea template in Notion. Here's a picture of the template. Right, the more literal, the more actionable, the more practical you can make your carousels, the more people are going to enjoy them. The more saves you'll get and the more actions people will take. And of course, your impact is measured by the action that people take as a result of the things that you say and do. So the more straightforward and simple you can do and the more you can lay it out, the better. If you're finding your carousel is getting super wordy or super long, or you can't fit it into the 10 slides, et cetera. The answer is because you're trying to cover too much. So, you know, reduce what you're trying to communicate and think of your carousels as, I think of them as mini blogs. Mini blogs. You know, you're just picking one topic and just breaking it down into little parts. You don't need your whole life story. You don't need a whole amount of background or context. You can use your stories for context. I like to use my stories for context. When I post a post, I'll get on my stories and I go, hey guys, you know, a bit of a background to today's post. Let me talk you through and I can discuss it and walk you through it. But, you know, that's, it's, it's understanding the different mediums for the different ways in which you communicate. You know, think of carousels as your knowledge base, your help guides, your quick tutorials, your summaries of things, they're not there to, for you to go into a whole bunch of context, right? They're not long form discussions. They're very short, punchy ways to communicate. If you start talk, working them as long form discussions, number one, they'll be too long for people to read. And number two, they're gonna take you a really long time. And it's harder for people to digest them. I mean, a lot, even my carousels are quite wordy in, for some, right? So less is more. Break that down and make it super simple. The, the speed of carousels is going to increase over time. The first time you do these things, it's going to take forever and it'll probably feel a little bit painful. The more you make, the more templates you use, the more you get into the process, the easier it gets. If it's, if it's getting harder, the more you do it, it's because you're adding more and more complexity as you go. So I would try and, you know, always try and remember simplicity with these elements and keep them nice, simple and straightforward. You know, the more people can scan them and read them and think about them. Last thing I'm going to leave you with is think other people consume your carousel like you consume other people's carousels. Now, I know, I know we love to think that that's not true. We're like, yeah, but on mine, they spend ages reading mine because they're mine, <laughs> right? Look at, you know, seriously, look at the way that you digest a carousel, right? I'm literally going, yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting, 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 interesting. Like that's how fast I'm reading them, right? 
that's the same for your audience. It's nice to think that you're different, but you're not in general. So just remember that, you know, the time and the kind of speed that people are looking at and then make your content related to how carousels are actually consumed in real life by you and by everybody else. That should bring the production time, bring the idea time down, and then make the whole thing a lot easier for you. So quick question about sharing. You, you were saying, you know, if you've got a quote within your carousel, you would be yeah. like, oh, share this. Um, <laughs> would, be, would the expectation be that the person would share the entire carousel? It, is that how it would work if they share it? They'd just be like, hey, there's a quote in here that I like, or um, <clears throat> I guess I'm just wondering if there's a way to like share a, an individual page in a carousel. There is. So when you're, when you're on that page and you go to share, mm -hmm. so if I'm on this page, which is like page five, and I go to share it, it will share on that page. Oh, okay. Yeah. I probably could have checked that myself, but thank you. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> all good. Um, that makes sense. Which is why you can have like multiple calls to action, because some people might choose to share or save different things in your carousel. So it's nice that they can kind of pick something out for them themselves. Of course, when you tap on, when a, when a viewer taps on that in their stories, it will take them to the, the main carousel and they'll be able to swipe through, but the actual share highlights the page you're on. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. It hadn't occurred to me that you could have lots of different call to actions. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, you're, if you're not quite sure right now, if you're in the early days of carousel, just make one call to action and that's to ask a good question at the end of your carousel. That's going to drive more comments and more interaction. Last thing is, how do you actually publish a carousel? Uh, is I do it via Creator Studio. So uh, you can just go ahead to create, just type in Creator Studio. It's completely free. It's part of Instagram and Facebook. Go to the Instagram page and head over and create your post for the Instagram feed right here. And then you can just drag, drop your carousel slides into here. So I'm going to add in my content here. And then I just add in all of my carousel slides over here. So let's say I'll take my slides right here. And that's going to add in all of my carousel slides that I've exported. Export them as PNGs, also known as PNGs, PNG. It's an option in uh, Canva. Just make, get, makes for the best quality. Um, and before you publish, very importantly, you need to tap this little crop media icon because it's going to crop it to a square. So if you haven't made it as a square, if you've made it as a tall rectangle, you need to just tap this vertical option here and it'll put it through as full size. You can also add in tags here as well in case you're appearing in a picture. I can add in my name. You tag people and other people. This is why it's quite nice to use Creator Studio because you can do all the tagging and the hashtags, etc. You may also choose, if, you, if you're that way inclined, to go into the advanced settings and add in alt text for each one of your slides as well. That does increase the amount of time it takes, um, but you can add in additional keywords and accessibility related elements in there. Doesn't have to be war and peace. If I was adding alt text for this, I'd be a picture of I'm Dan Thomas three times with the title content planning templates, uh, for example. Like I say, keep it simple. Don't overdo it. Don't overbear the design. The thing that's going to really help you here is just 
writing out the carousel in your notes up front. It's going to help you know how many shapes to put on a page and what layout to use. It's going to help you, you know, stay focused as you go to make the carousel itself. Um, it's just going to get you to the end point in the production much, much faster. Um, so it's a good idea to just write those in ahead of time just so that you have them. And when you go to make them, they're easy to make. Um, for those of you that are using photos of yourself, like me, uh, it's also a great idea to have lots of different photos of yourself and just kind of choose from those. So if you're feeling particularly, you know, happy and like you want to have a bit of fun, then you can put like a little photo shoot together of yourself and be, just do lots of different poses. You know, ah, ooh, yeah, uh, uh, and so on. Take a whole bunch of pictures of yourself in different positions and even different clothes if you're feeling particularly energized. And then you've got a collection that you can add in to Canva to do it. So if I go into my uh, photos here, I've got you know loads and loads and loads of pictures of me that I can just drop in and use, and they're all ready to go in my Canva archive. So it makes it a lot easier if you just kind of uh, take a bunch all at once and then upload them all and then you can choose from them. So there you go, hope you've enjoyed that. Most important thing to remember when we make carousels is they're gonna improve over time. They're gonna improve over time, so do not worry about the quality that you're making at right now. The most important thing is you're making at all. Small habitual changes all add up to massive changes over time. So don't prevent yourself from creating just because you think you're not good enough or you have no experience or this is new for you. Go ahead and dive straight in. I can assure you once you start making these, you will see an immediate uplift in your engagement and your growth. And that is what we want. Also, use the Canva templates that we have in the portal as well. They're there for a reason. You do not have to go this you do not have to go it alone. Go ahead and use those templates. They're going to just help you bring everything in, help keep your design in, help keep you nice and focused and targeted and really help you create some incredible results without all the effort and without having to work everything out yourself. Go ahead and try it out. I cannot wait to see your results. As always, share those results in the community. Okay. So if you see, you know, a big uplift in your reach and your likes and your comments, Take a screenshot, share it in the community. I want to see this stuff happening as it happens, okay? So let me know how it goes. Don't forget to do the engagement. It's not just the content. Make sure you create these carousels, but then you do the engagement to help you grow with those as well. Do both of those things, and you'll start accelerating. See you in the next episode.